Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Davis, you are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this evening. How are you, Keith? I'm very well, Alan. I have, thanks to you, spending the last few days as a freeloading scumbag, (laughs) absolutely (laughs) dipping my beak into anything that could possibly come my way. (laughs) And I enjoyed every second of it. As did I. As did I. (laughs) I I too have been freeloading my way around North London uh, all weekend and and all week so far, it's been marvellous. Uh, and Damien Harris uh, is with hey, us as well, hello. who is also prone to a bit of freeloading uh, when the, <laughs> or as you call it, you would call it ligging, I imagine. In your, uh, yeah, yeah, ligging. Yeah. ligging. Yeah, well, it was, it was my birthday, so I, I kind of was allowed a bit. Yeah, last week um, it was your birthday for one day. This birthday of yours seems to have been strung out. <laughs> <laughs> I have my London birthday. Over at least. He's like the Queen. We- yeah, <laughs> I like to drag it out. Oh no, I'm with Damien on this. I'm all for stringing a birthday out. I, yeah, I don't think you should just nail it on one day. Yeah, that's fun, but you can, you know, liven it up, make it a week or two. Why not? Yeah, yeah. you know. Well, when, okay, when we're winning, well, it's over now, we... Oh, uh, but we'll begin, okay. shall we? Let's begin. Uh, we, we've got to talk about t- two Arsenal matches, a home fixture against the Watford FC and away fixture at the King Power against Leicester. And also, we all three of us have been uh, privileged to, to see the mm. uh, Arsene Wenger Invincible film, which is available in selected screens uh, um, from tomorrow, I think, or from whenever this comes out. And then it, it will be on various streaming services. So have a look if you're an Arsenal fan. Have a look if you like Alex Ferguson. He's in it virtually almost more than Arsene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, we should talk about, uh, let's talk about Watford first, shall we? Now, Keith and I, Keith is referring in his freeloading uh, reference to another wonderful afternoon uh, in uh, Frank Warren's box, which has now become my, my second home. Uh, yeah. And uh, and we had a view from the uh, North Bank end of uh, Emil Smith-Rowe's yeah. winning goal. What a lovely view it was, Keith. <laughs> oh, Mate, when we go back to, well, when I go back to my regular seat, I'm going to feel like an old hobo round a brazier, you know. It's also just going to be with homeless people. It's just, it's you know. It's still about 900 quid a season down yeah. there. You, I know, the but when you've tasted the fruits, the, the heady wine yeah. of, you know, I had 
Adrian Dunbar one side, John Burko on the other. I've got fine wine, champagne being poured in my glass, and I'm looking across to Damien and where we, you know, where we you regularly used sit. Used to sit. Looking, yeah. Yeah, where it looked like basically starting ground as far as I was concerned. <laughs> Are you going to wear, if you do ever come back, are you going to wear your waistcoat and cravat? Which, uh, oh. Are you saying I dressed up? Well, I, I noticed. There's a few things I noticed. You, you were dressed yes. up. You were also yes, really drunk. You were very drunk. <laughs> you're swearing. Uh, Damien is talking about after we'd had a lovely <laughs> afternoon in the box and watch yeah. Arsenal's home win over Watford. Thank you to uh, old Death Row with a tidy finish. Mm. Uh, we then went and met Damien in the pub to celebrate this elongated birthday of his. And, and it was a, it was a marvellous day. In fact, it's perhaps a little bit over yeah. the top for a 1-0 win over Watford. I was then dismayed to find that Arsenal were being accused of bad sportsmanship uh, by Watford fans who had joined us in the pub, but also by uh, Claudia Ranieri in a post-match interview. And I really found that a bit rich. Um, yeah. given that, that Watford has basically cheated their way through the afternoon and evidently decided that the way to beat Arsenal was to kick lumps out of them. Real old school stuff. Yeah. Uh, committed 19 fouls. Incredibly, only in the 89th minute did they get a red card. But in particular, were bleating away because they put the ball out of play because one of their players was feigning injury near halfway. And Arsenal, having watched him get up and known he wasn't hurt in the first place, didn't give the ball back. And I remember, I remember saying to you, Keith, when we when they put that out, I said to you, we should not give this back to them because this yeah, is not a legitimate stoppage. This is blatant time wasting. Yeah. Well, Danny Rose needed a rest, I think, didn't he? <laughs> Or oh. a pie, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not the, the most felt gentleman, but Jesus, I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> Danny, who, no. who ate Danny Danny's, Rose? Danny Roses, that's what I call him. <laughs> well, they, they had taken time. They had taken every previous opportunity to fall down for the slightest little tackle and then lay on the ground. And, well, you know, they had ample opportunity, even when we did take the throw-in, to get rid of the ball. You know, they had, it wasn't like we scored directly from the throw-in. That's not even relevant, you know, mate. The guy yeah. was feigning injury on halfway. Yeah. He wasn't hurt. He was staying down trying to stop the game. Rose put the ball out because he was in a bit of trouble right down by the corner flag and he wanted he wanted to stop the game, get the ball back with Arsenal up the pitch and clear it. It was blatant gamesmanship, as it was when one of their players went down just before we scored in a collision with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. They said on match of the day they thought it should have been a free kick. Of course, I'm an Arsenal fan and I say... Bollocks, that was never a free kick. They collided and the guy yes. went down like he'd been shot and then he stayed down, hoping, obviously, that they would get some VAR callback. Oh, there's been a foul in the build-up, the goal won't count. But there hadn't been a foul and they looked at it, the goal was given, rightly, and the guy then stayed there, imagining in his head, I presume, some <laughs> VAR sequence being played out and it'd be much better if I stay down and they brought about two, two or three medics on who doubtless all said stay down son stay down son we might get a VAR out of this then he got up and he realised the goal was stood everyone's back waiting for him to start took him an eternity to walk off the pitch bleating and moaning at the ref who's looking at him like there's nothing wrong with you mate it was obvious you were going to get up and then immediately the game restarted they passed it to him and he sprinted 30 yards up the right wing nothing wrong with him at all and they were at it all game and for Ranieri with all the dark arts being deployed in an effort to get a point at the Emirates for him to come on afterwards and make comments about sportsmanship oh, that is just hypocrisy of the first order and I don't really buy into this dilly dilly 
dilly ding dong or whatever the <laughs> is he goes on about. Oh, he's a lovely, kindly old gentleman. He's an old bastard. He's a snide little cheat. He knows all the tricks. He's steeped in Italian football. He knows everything that's happening. Just as I don't buy into and, and this week's Mikel Arteta press conference was hilarious to me because he's on there going all bit faux naive. Oh, me? But I'm a young baby manager. My players are young. Perhaps they did not understand the rules. If, if anything has happened, I've please forgive us, for we are new to football and we would never intentionally... I thought, you, Michael, you know, I'm warming to you as manager. I'm warming yeah. to you. You're delivering results. You've bought some cracking players and I'm now finding this stuff hilarious that you can go on there. I watched you play for Arsenal for five years. If anyone touched you, you went down. I saw you coaching Manchester City, the dirtiest team in the league. If anyone gets the ball for three seconds, they hack you down. They pick up cards. They're at the ref all the time. Yeah. They are Barcelona Mark II. They're exactly the same. There is nothing you don't know about the dark arts. And maybe one of the dark arts is to then go and match the day and go, oh, us? Please. Oh, please forgive us. I, I revere you, Mr. Ranieri, one of the greats. Um, please, I'm so sorry. My team, they are young. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what a pair of fakers. What a pair oh. of fraudsters. They must have laughed together about it afterwards, like a couple of QCs in court who, who go at one another in the courtroom and then go back afterwards and piss themselves in the robing room. They must laugh about what they've been saying. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if there was a Pinocchio situation that every time they spoke, the nose just got longer and longer? <laughs> it's a different approach, Mikel, isn't it? It's a different approach. It's not what Arsene used to be like. It's not what Emery used to be like. He's just got his own way of doing it. It's just he is what he is. And just at the moment when he was really struggling, when the team was in absolute disarray, the owners came in with a a big spend at right at the right moment. It was a, it was like he was on a high wire and they erected a massive net for him and he went out and he's bought some cracking players oh, yeah. and he's put them all in the team. And I've, I've, this back four now with Gabrielle's return with Tommy Asu playing so well with Ben White going in alongside Gabrielle and doing well with the outstanding goalkeeper, this reserve left back he's found, who's yeah. now going to make it hard for KT to get back in the side for a while. This is an impressive set of acquisitions and credit where it's due. They have they have changed their team. Yeah. I, I mean, what really encouraged me is, listen, you know, we had the goal disallowed, then we missed the penalty and a year ago our heads would have dropped and it would have ended up either a Watford win or nil-nil. But we carried on, we kept fighting and fighting, we got the goal and then we used our brain at the end of the game, keep the, keep the ball at the corner flag and they're really showing some fighting spirit, which we haven't seen for ages. Yeah. And we weren't getting bullied anymore. We were doing the bullying, which is about bloody time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I was very impressed by um what did you think, D, of the Laconga mate the Niles axis? Oh well, I I'm so happy to see Ainsley on. Um me mm. and T were talking in the first half. You could see Watford had just done a job and they were set out to spoil and ruin. And we weren't sort of doing that turn that Partey does, you know, the sort of receive the ball back to goal and then turn and you've you've suddenly beaten a few people. And we were they seemed to be lacking the confidence to do that for a little while in the first half, and they were stifling us quite well. But then I really thought they grew into the game. I just mm. so nice to see Ainsley. 
So good to see him playing. He's very well. calm and composed, isn't he? He 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 gave the. There was one. I think there's one time he gave the ball away with a sort of a pass that was a little bit too risky, which you know is the sort of stuff that Arteta probably doesn't like. But I thought he was brilliant. I mean, just and to yes, have I, him I at, agree. Have him I, as I the think, last person off the pitch as well, clapping everyone. Yeah, he loves Arsenal and, yeah. and the fans love him. And I think you're right in the, what Arteta hates is any kind of frivolity, any unnecessary flicks and tricks, any little feints and dummies. And as we know, Ainsley make the Niles can't walk down the tunnel without sending a <laughs> dummy to some steward or other. Yeah. Because uh, it's a continually feigning something. Yeah. Um, but And there was a moment in the previous match, I think it might have been in the... In the against Leeds anyway, where he tried to control a ball that was a bit too difficult to control and he lost it in a way that, well, he could have perhaps done something a bit more straightforward to ensure he didn't lose it or at least kicked it up the pitch, you know, yeah. and Arteta flipped out. I think he's trying to get him to be extremely serious-minded about never under any circumstances conceding possession. I'm reminded of Alex Ferguson about Xavi when he goes, that that boy's never given the ball away in his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. And that's what... That's what Arteta demands in there. And he's trusted Ainsley Maitland-Niles in there. And I'm delighted that he did. Yeah. And he and he was he's very composed, very calm, very organised in his play. And it was, it was, as you say, it was very, very impressive. I mean, it's great that both Partey and Kieran Tierney being out is not such a worry now. Well, we've you know, got a it, it's like the, no. the, the level, you know, two players covering those positions that are good, uh, you know, so that's... Yes, very impressive from Tavares, really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the way he and Tomiyasu have settled in so quickly yeah. is really something. And they are both extremely athletic, quick, strong, tenacious. Both of them are pretty two-footed. I mean, that's one thing that Tavares has over KT is his right foot is a lot better than KT's right foot. It's pretty much for standing on. Keith's, did... Keith's <laughs> right foot is better than KT's. <laughs> but he did stick oh, one yeah. in against West Brom last year, did he? But, oh, yeah. Lucky. But, yeah, I mean, really, really good. Um, it was a slightly unusual disallowed goal. And Saka's goal was disallowed because the goalkeeper had disappeared somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he was drawn out of goal by a nice little pass from... Could someone explain that rule to me? Because a Watford player was on the line, but the goalkeeper was in front. You got to have two players, mate. It's got to be two, not one. (sighs) That is the rule, and it has been your entire life. (laughs) It's just it is unusual that the goalkeeper's not there, and I do think. Listen, if the goalkeeper's absented himself from the net, it's not really on you, is it? Yeah, it's his own fault, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you, you can't hold the ball up waiting for him to go back. No, to you state, can't. Can you? It seems it did seem it does seem a bit daft, but yeah. there it is. It was yeah. it was it was rightly disallowed. The one that was perhaps more annoying was after he brought on uh, Erdegaard, who I thought was he, he did pretty well when he came on. I thought Lacazette was unlucky to be withdrawn. Uh, did wonder if he might put him up top and and take off. Over, but there you are. Uh, and then he had a shot that was going in, and Aubameyang tried to get in there and grab yeah. himself a goal, and he was offside. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> if he hadn't uh, touched it, it would have counted, wouldn't it? That was a... Yeah, stay out of it, mate. Uh, You're off. Yeah. Um, who Didn't did... really cover himself in glory, especially after such a crap penalty. No, exactly. I, I mean, uh, there's a couple of other things. I, I did think Arteta, sh- we should have brought Martinelli on earlier I still mm. think he could have got those substitutions 10 minutes earlier 
because we were Saka was waning, Oba was waning, yeah. and I think Martinelli just pelting around hassling people would have you know would have helped us yeah I agree he's not still not listen no we're developing on the Tuesday club increasing levels of patience for the rookie manager because the yeah, results are so are so yeah. improved um yeah. but but you know yeah come on mate listen if you're going to send them out to absolutely go hell for leather like maniacs and that appears to be the instruction now yeah. at Arsenal first half it's mental it is full on yeah. we did it against Tottenham we did it against Villa uh, tried to do it against Watford and they deployed as you say quite a lot of spoiling tactics uh, but started well also away at, at Leicester but you will f- you, this is a criticism that was levelled at Jurgen Klopp when he arrived if you work them that hard if they're trying that hard yeah. they'll be knackered they'll, they'll be knackered by the end of the game and they'll be knackered by the end of the season Yeah. so mm. if you are going to do that you do need to as you say deploy your subs you know, deploy yeah. your subs. I, reclaiming same old Arsenal take always cheating was one of the highlights. Yes, same reclaiming old always cheating. But I mean, they were cheating. Oh yeah, but we were singing it back. We, we yeah, yeah. It was very noticeable in the game that they were staying down, feigning injury. Practicing the dark arts. That's why it was so hilarious that Ranieri dared to complain about yeah. sportsmanship. You know, it's not every time you kick a ball out, you get it back. That is not how football works. Sometimes it's obvious that someone's gone down there hurt. That's all teams do it because the players can see someone's hurt. They don't want to play on while someone's down. They want it. But this guy wasn't hurt. He was fine. Everyone knew he was yeah. fine in the stadium. Ranieri knew he was fine. And sure enough, he got up. Now, Oba's penalty, uh, I wasn't really too sure he should take it after the Martinez save. Yeah. Uh, who, who would you have had? If I give you a choice between uh, Alex Lacazette and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. <laughs> Every day of the week, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Although we might still be there waiting for him to take it. <laughs> Do the little run-up. But I mean, he'll get to the, by the time he's at the penalty spot. Ben Foster will have no idea what day it is. What is happening? What is he going to do? He's just staring at me. He's staring at me and doing a little dance. What is it? I mean, honestly, Ainsley could go off to the changing room, come back in a suit and with a frilly shirt like one of the Temptations from the 1960s. They could play some music. He could run up in some very choreographed way. By the time he got there, Foster would be saying, please don't shoot. I've got no idea. (laughs) And the ball would probably roll between his legs. Really, anyway, he overtook it and he missed it. It was a nailed on pen, though. I mean, Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, Danny Rose worked him out. What was that? I mean, that wasn't even a tackle. It was a common assault, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time, I don't entirely trust Lacker because he does sort of throw himself a little bit. And uh, you know, exaggerates you. exaggerates the fall a little bit, and the scream normally. Oh yeah, he you can't hear the scream these the days. Scream. He didn't do, you know he's really hurt when he doesn't scream yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, in a full stadium. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> But it was a pen, and in in look, we got the win, and we got the win. Let's face it, because of yet another clean sheet from our increasingly impressive back five. When you think about Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, Pablo Mari, and and Kalasenac, and Leno, 
And these lads who, you know, well, perhaps with the exception of Kolasinac, was obviously on loan last season, but these are lads who we would have trusted in the side and have had good games together, holding Mari at times. Chambers has been excellent at right back sometimes, but they they cannot get in the side since that awful beginning. And and that's a pretty good, solid back five, but they have been usurped by younger men. Yeah, but I do feel yeah. there's still a place for them. I, I hope they don't get shipped out in the January window because we've, it's going to be a long season and if we're doing well in the Cups, they're, go, they're going to be needed. They are going to be needed. But without being in Europe, hopefully, you know, we're six points off, uh, you know, Chelsea. Oh, that's all I'm saying. All the other results this weekend... So Chelsea dropped points, uh, Liverpool lost, another Invincibles thing for a yes, year. Yes, always nice always. to see everyone with a one in the loss column. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite a few people said to me, "What you, you, we could catch West Ham? And it's like, no, Liverpool, Liverpool losing. Yeah, yeah. This is, and this is nothing against uh, Liverpool. This is just... We so don't want anyone to ever go on beating ever again. <laughs> Invincibles too. Yeah. That's what we don't want to see. Yeah, yeah. 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 we've had a lifetime yeah, of a pretty strong rivalry with West Ham, uh, yeah. but we are fully rooting for them in that match. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. and they do play well. I mean, I think Declan Rice is an argument for. I know it's a very early shout, but this is a footballer of the year. Nomination waiting for that for that boy. I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Yeah. Well, what I think is more hilarious when you look at West Ham and who they've got as manager and who Manchester United have got as manager, it's almost as if oh, if you just that gave them a little bit more time, you know. Yeah. I mean, look what he's done with West Ham. It is amazing, you know. Yeah, Moyes is doing exceptionally well. Though I do, if what I remember though, when he when he had to take over from Alex Ferguson. Was he? He had just had terror in his eyes. He, mm. he just seemed to have the fear. He, he did feel as though it wasn't so much that the job was too much for him, or managing those players, or you know, all of that he can do. But the one thing he couldn't do was step into those shoes. Uh, yeah. It just was too much. That were still upstairs as well. That were still going to every game. Yes, and that was one of the things about watching this Arsenal thing because he still hasn't been back and he always said I wouldn't go back well but we was talking about that Ferguson last night. was Ferguson was part of the furniture and he was still there well, well, yeah. well that's happened at Liverpool Daryl Gleish has been sitting there with you know with previous managers struggling you know yeah and I don't I think it's right that Arsenal keeps away because you don't need because as soon as anything goes wrong at Old Trafford the camera goes to Ferguson what's he doing what's he who's he talking to you know yeah and the same thing happened at Liverpool remember Roy Hodgson he was under pressure and they kept putting the camera on to Kenny Dalgleish and you see him laughing yeah. or scowling and you think the same thing happens at Bayern Munich doesn't he the legends yeah. sit in the stand but look, well, listen, let's talk about Arsene yeah. in yeah. a bit because we're going to talk yes. about that Sorry. film uh, Esther, Brent, Brendan Rogers, incidentally speaking of managers um who's done an excellent job at, uh, at Leicester and got them up the table and into Europe and won the Cup and won the Community Shield, and, but not going so well for him this season, but still is odds-on now to be the next manager of Manchester United because of their performance against Man City after the day Barker against Liverpool. That was just, I mean, really awful, I, awful. Yeah. And and I've, I watched that. I mean, speaking about Ferguson... 
if you're the manager of Manchester United, you must say to yourself, what would Fergie do? And I'm telling you what Fergie would do because we saw it at Arsenal. If you're facing a team who are better than you, who play better than you, and that's Manchester City in this scenario, he yeah. sends out Phil Neville and Darren Fletcher in midfield with Jason Park, John O'Shea, John O'Shea <laughs> and he says, lads, kick the shit out of these bastards. Right? He sends them out to yeah. chase and run and die for the shirt and never give an inch. And don't let them do it to you. Don't let them on our pitch. Don't you dare let, you know, Perez and Henri and all Burkamp and all that start doing their thing. Don't give them an inch. Don't give them the space. Don't give them the time. I'll work on the ref. I'll get the crowd stoked up. It's going to be hostile. We're going to get 81% of decisions, as was proven in the study by Loughborough University. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about all that, but do not give them an inch because... If we stay level, they will get frustrated. We will score a goal. We will get another goal late on and we'll win 2 0. And that just, that is what they needed to do against Man City. It was pointless doing anything else. And honestly, I watched that game and Rodri walked through the match. I mean, it was an embarrassment. Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, you name it. Foden, just, it was fabulous. So they are in trouble, though, aren't they? The manager's in trouble there. Oh, very much. I mean, I was listening on the radio and the guy was saying, this is like an exhibition match. It's almost like me Man United are not try, trying. He said it, it's, he said it was embarrassing, you know, and then I watched the highlights on TV and it, it I think it was embarrassing, but interestingly, the rumour is that they want Brendan Rodgers. And in a further feather in the cap of our rookie manager, he has now won away at Leicester twice in a matter of a few months. And sent out is a young Arsenal side, you know, albeit bolstered by a substantial spend, but fair enough. They did forty million on Tielemans, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And I and I feel as though it was an impressive Arsenal performance. But we must, we must. I know we're a bit late in the day because we don't record every week these days. We're every couple of weeks when we can be, when we can get together. And we're a bit late on the bus, but Aaron Ramsdale, holy oh, smoke. Oh, man. Listen, I was in a pub <laughs> watching it, rumble. and there was punters in there who clearly weren't watching the game. But when that save was made, everyone in the pub went, wow, oh, my God, that's amazing. And it was just something spectacular. It was extraordinary. I was at work. Yeah. I was making the excellent Comedy Central show that I know a couple of our listeners might have accidentally watched uh, Guest Ball. And now the producer is <laughs> a lovely fellow. He's a big West Ham fan. He said, what's the score? And I told him, and I said, "You, I have just seen a save on here. And there wasn't a phone, actually. It was a tablet computer. <laughs> I have seen a save on here that is honestly, I don't know, I don't care if you're Gordon Banks or Pat Jennings, I don't care who you are. That was unbelievable. And the, the next day, he said to me, I saw that safe. I thought you were exaggerating because you were an Arsenal fan. <laughs> that was unbelievable because that yes. ball was really travelling. Yeah. Madison, Madison can hit a free kick. Yeah. And that is a strong hand. But it was yeah. a follow-up save as well. It was. It could have just gone. Oh, I've made a magnificent save. I'm going to have a rest now. But you know, he he took the follow-up as well. It Once was just he's brilliant. down on the floor, yeah, he's like yeah. an angry dog, and you've got his <laughs> tennis ball. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, that is my tennis ball, and yeah. everyone else on Hampstead Heath can back right off. And we've all seen my own dog does it. If the ball, if the ball's to be won. 
takes no prisoners at all, including the six-year-old. This is my ball. And he very much went at it like a sort of half-husky, half-spaniel, which is what we have. <laughs> prey is a very strong... It's what the dog trainer calls a very strong prey drive. He has got a strong prey drive, right. and the prey drive is the ball. He has... He, and, and a couple of those saves he made where he came out yeah. for one-on-ones oh, yeah. and threw himself. Oh, yeah. there's another one he, he, he palmed around the post, didn't he? I think it was from Vardy. I'm not sure. But, but of course, think... what the fans love, yeah. though, what the fans really yeah. love is when they're going, your shit, ah, and he's joining in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> reclaiming <laughs> your shit, yeah. Reclaiming yeah. your shit, ah, <laughs> and effectively yeah. saying to their fans, your shit, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two nil, by the way. Yeah. I know yeah. I take credit for the nil. Yeah, <laughs> my department. Yeah, no, those the way he was coming out of people because Harvey Barnes, he's very good, isn't he? Hell of a player. Um, but when he came on, I thought the second half was a bit sort of trickier, wasn't it? But he it he was just superb, and he had that real nunchal pass. Well, I know, I know the tactics are not a strong point on this podcast, but it was it was it was quite the four four two we had, wasn't it? It mm, was the two banks yeah. of four. And the two forwards there were uh, one of them withdrawn, uh, old school really, old school Wenger. And there should have been a sending off. I mean, how the guy did not get a red card, I do not know. And a Bamiyang would have been clean through, you know. Oh I yes, mean, yeah. yeah. You yeah. see it, you know, the Crystal pa- uh, Manchester City Crystal Palace yeah. City player gets exactly the same tackle, exactly the yeah. same. He gets a red card. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah, no, I thought it was a, a denial of goal scoring opportunity. Yes, very <laughs> much. Too. But interesting that, that Brendan put out it put the wingers on and kind of matched up the the four four two and because we were two up and, and really trying to protect it, we ended up on the back foot a little bit. Yeah. Whether whether the our dear leader should have shifted things again, I don't know, but he didn't. I, th- I think that's one of those things that we I I hope he will work on and because we did cede the game to them a bit in that second half mm. and we did, we did it a little bit always with 10 minutes to go against Watford when you're 1-0 up and there's always that tendency to oh, do we keep what we got do we go you know bomber bomber head so but, yeah but you know even though we were under the cost there was a feeling that the defense knew what they were doing they were fighting for each other they were throwing themselves in front of the ball which is once again we have not seen that in the past you know the headers, we could yeah they were really fighting for it there was there was a great togetherness there and it was like no we're not going to give this 2-0 lead away yeah well whereas last year they would have crumbled and it's yes. it's really good to see. It I'm is good to vibe. see because I think a lot of credit goes to Gabrielle actually, and mm, yeah. and I know if a uh, shout for Declan Rice for Football of the Year, it's not perhaps not noticed outside Arsenal yet. But if Gabrielle keeps playing like this every season, he's going to be uh, he's going to be a contender for the PFA Team of the Year. I'd have thought. I know there yeah. are outstanding centre backs at Manchester City. And at I Liverpool, you were say Man United. <laughs> <laughs> they would kill for Gabriel, I think. Right now, yeah, uh, I, um, maybe they'll get Saliba somewhere along the line. I hope not. Yeah, but yeah, I, superb. I, I, I think. Was, oh, he's brilliant. And when did we get good at corners? 
Yeah. When did we get good? Oh at well, things? a lot of credits being given, isn't it, to the the little the, the set piece coach, one of the pit crew, <laughs> set piece coordinator, a <laughs> pit crew member stepped <laughs> yeah. up, and and, uh, and and again a few weeks ago, I was rolling my eyes at the pit crew and yeah, the pre match the pre match warm up when they're sort of standing around. There's about there's more pit crew than players, and it, <laughs> and I still find it comical, <clears throat> but I'm an old dinosaur. I'm 55 years old, and I think that. The whole thing should just be run by Fred Street and <laughs> and not surely all you need is Theo Foley and Gary Lewin. What are all these people doing there? But that is not how things work. It's a 25-man squad and it's a whole Thanks different a- ball game. And that's how it works. So now, uh, you know, you have to sort of say, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to embrace the pit crew. I get it. Yeah. There's yeah. a pit crew, right? Yeah. <laughs> there must be about eight coaches going up the motorway to matches or, or yeah. two separate private jets. I don't know how the Cronkies organise it. Do you, you know, if should we win anything, does the pit crew get, get a medal as well? Oh, they'll be up first, mate. It's going to be a long ceremony, <laughs> isn't it? Go, go, yeah, yeah, go when on. When Obamio drops the cup, it'll be the pit crew all around him. Don't you worry about that. They yeah. love a photo. They're, no, they're not shy. Cup, no, I yeah, mean, cup that is replacement the one, coordinator. My, my remaining criticism of the pit crew is naff off out of the photos in the dressing room. <laughs> And there's a lot of goodwill um, amongst the fans t- towards the young team. And, mm. and uh, there was a really good noise coming from the away fans at Leicester. It, it warmed the heart, you know, it really did. And um, I, I want to well, move the conversation on because all of us, as I say, had the good fortune uh, to see the Arsene Wenger Invincible film this week, Damien saw it at a screen on a Monday. Keith and I went to the inverted commons premiere. Not very red carpet, but it was a premiere. But while we were there, uh, with Stoney was there, and there's Ian Wright, and there's Lee Dixon, and I had a chat with Pat Rice, who's very enamoured of Tommy Asu, I can tell you, as a right back. No, excellent. Enthusiastic about Ramsdale as well. And Arsene came in, there's such an aura about him. It's Amy Lawrence over there. And I'm in that room and I'm thinking, oh, I love being an Arsenal fan. I just love this. I love all these guys. I love them. I love Pat. I love Wrighty. I, I just, it's just great. This is great. And they're celebrating what the film really is about is the Invincible season. That's principally what it's about. And that's kind of the focus. And and they do go through it pretty well, I think. Mm. You know, um, it, it, they had an interview with Arsene in Dutlenheim, where he grew up. There's lots of uh, impressive drone footage of a tiny French village in Alsace. A lot of drones. <laughs> they made the most of that they drone. Isn't, isn't that. it the most picturesque village you've ever seen? It's almost Stepford Wives. It's too picturesque. It, it, it just it, looks It looks like a model village. It started know? to become mm. a little bit like an episode of Mortimer and Whitehouse Go Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought in a minute he's going to be down at the riverbank with those two, yeah. which would be great, actually. I think he'd probably... probably have a lovely day yeah yeah well i watched it with um my the screening i went to was the for the company who made it for the production company and they did us the director and the producers did a speech at the beginning just saying how difficult it was to make that during lockdown and uh you know it was really really hard and you're probably thinking okay that's probably why we've got quite a lot of drone footage um, <laughs> yes, and, yes, and a few interviews that you would have hoped would have been in. Uh, but anyway, a minor. Well, look, minor there thing. were, there was an interview with Alex Ferguson 
Uh, he spoke very respectfully about Arsene, of course, having acted like the devil himself through most yeah. of his, his career. Um, and Arsene spoke about their journey from extreme hostility to respect and now friendship, which was, which was nice to hear. There was a chat with David Dean, who was there last night as well. And, and, and there was a, a lot about the invincible season and then a kind of a, the end was mm. fast forwarded through mm. really. Um, but the, the thing, if I was going to take issue with the film, my problem with it is I get this. This is a kind of a version of history. It's a bit like our sense book. It's a, it is history being written by the principal protagonist. Uh, it's, it's not the history of Arsene Wenger's reign that even the most devout Wengerphile would write. Mm. It's even those of us who are full of admiration and respect for, for what, who we believe to be really a great man and a great teacher cannot tell this story in this way. There's just too much missing. Yeah. And, and there's no mention for a start of the Champions League final. Someone said to me the other day, would you take Ruud van Nistelrooy's penalty going in, but you win the league with one defeat, but you win the Champions League, and I said in a heartbeat, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. The dis- and Wenger did say the disappointments and the agonies last longer than the victories. And But the thing I found, and I'll be interested to hear what you think about this, the thing I found most interesting was that a lot was made about the resistance of English football to a foreign manager coming in. There was footage of Wright again when they said, do you, what do you think about Arsene Wenger? And he goes, who? You know, there was a lot of that, head, the familiar headlines, Arsene, who, who is this? Yeah. David Dean explaining why he'd hired him, how he changed things around. And then there is this about bringing in this French football and bringing in Vieira and Petit and changing the culture and his influence, but absorbing the English players and kind of blending of the two. And gradually English football accepted him. And then now they admire him and his influence is huge in English football. And I thought, all right, okay. that's It's not that that isn't true. Mm. But throughout his career, English football was after that man. And they were after him in, in, in such a way that... Arsenal players were seriously injured because yeah. it became the done thing to harass and hound and kick us. And it's interesting after the Watford game where that tactic reappeared, led by Manchester United in the 50th game when Mike Riley's refereeing performance was shameful. Van Nistelrooy should have gone. Ferdinand took out Jungberg when he's through on goal, should have gone. The Neville should have gone twice each for fouls on Reyes. <laughs> it was yeah. shocking. The penalty was a dive. The whole thing was just appalling. But that was the way United approached Arsenal between 2002 and 2005, and the rest of the league followed. And subsequently, and I, and I saw Philippe Auclair outside, and I said this to him, you know, what about 2008? What about no mention of that team that were eight points clear in February, were denied a place in the Champions League semi-final by Ryan Barbel diving at Anfield and getting a pen, were denied the league really because Eduardo's foot was snapped off by an appalling tackle. Possibly Abu Diaby would have made such an impact on that season if he hadn't been wrestling with the covering for a shocking injury in 2006. And then he said to me, what about Ramsey? And I remembered that tackle by Shawcross on Ramsey, that yeah. shot of that, the, the, his foot hanging in the sock. And that was fine. 
Yeah. That was yeah. just the way it was. Yeah, because yeah. we had to endure that. And in fact, what we used to get was, oh, well, Arsenal have had a lot of red cards. Oh, Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Because Arsenal players, in the face of this provocation, week in, week out, would frequently smash people in the face. Yeah. yeah. And, and we would go, yes! Because we couldn't stand the fact, why are we being targeted like this? Because because we've got this aesthetic as manager, we've got someone who believes in the beautiful game, we've got someone who wants to create art and beauty and get people to express themselves like children and all the things he says. He's not a tactician, he's a master teacher and motivator. He's the most brilliant man-manager and they all speak about him like he's their father. Yeah. He created art on the football pitch and they wanted to smash it and people had their legs broken. You're, yeah. Alan, you're absolutely right. And those managers, Pulis, Allardyce, all that ilk, you know, it would be all on the media, the press, and everything. And they'd be going like, oh, it's English football. It's rough and tough. Ah, the Arsenal, what are they whinging about? They can't take it. And, you know, and it's like, hang on, this is serious assault. It's assault. <laughs> and you're right. And the reason why he doesn't say anything about it now, one is I imagine... He believes in forgiveness, and I imagine he doesn't want to have his own a documentary about himself that he's contributed to, his own book, to be yeah. have contain any traces of vengeance or bitterness. You know, he doesn't want to be that person. He isn't that person. Mm, yeah, he wouldn't speak in that way. That's that was the heat of the battle back then. Yeah. They were the tactics deployed by the managers who opposed him. Much of it crossed the line, and cards were sure cross got a red card. You know this, the guy at Birmingham, Taylor, wasn't it? Got a red card. The, you know the the laws of the game tried to manage it, and we weren't the only team getting kicked. Mm. Ryan Giggs took a few whacks in his career. You know, yeah. so he doesn't want that in his book in his film. But that's why I say, if we we were there, and if we were making a film. I honestly think I would. The first five yeah. minutes would be X-rays. It would be here's the yeah. X-ray of Abu Dhabi's ankle. Here's yeah. the X-ray of Eduardo's foot. See how it's not connected to his leg. Yeah. Same with Ramsey. Yeah. No. It was a big. It was. It was a big part of it that I, I felt it missed a journalist yes. being able to sort of give a bit of an overview and 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 bring up those things yeah. because you're right it, it took years and, and you know and i i can still see you know here's sean dyche going oh they don't like you know That's it. they're whingers and you know and that thing of you know the same old arsenal always cheating i, I remember all, a know. german uh journalist being interviewed after the Eduardo tackle and he said you know he says in Germany uh, German players tend to think about the tackle before they go rushing in and we don't make so many of those bad tackles and he said that's probably why we win the World Cup so often because German players don't spend most of their time in surgery and, mm. but you know we do as you say the Sean Dyches the Allardyces the Pulis those managers were all being lauded you know as oh they're, yeah they're English they're tough and this is the English game and we don't want a Frenchman coming here and changing it do you remember <laughs> an incident where Dennis Burkamp got a, a red card at West Ham and it was I think I think it was Sheffield United I might be wrong it was at Highbury and he poked a guy in the eye and the oh, reason yeah. he poked him in the eye was because he just stamped on Cesc Fabregas's head and he tried to make it look like an accident like oh there's nowhere else I can put my foot the way I'm falling here yeah. I have to tread on this boy's head 
And Burkamp knew that was shit and went and poked him hard in the eye. And he, I think he hoped he might get away with that one, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the time, Dave Bassett, the old crazy gang, mm. uh, was the co-commentator. And he was very keen to say he didn't touch him. He didn't touch him. He goes, they're petulant. They're petulant, Arsenal. And then they showed another angle, and there's Fabregas lying on the ground. And here comes the boot. Here come the studs. Impact. Side of his head. Hard. And the cut, but no comment from Bassett. Did, no, did he say, oh, I've seen another angle. I take it back. I'm sorry. That's, that's nasty. And if yeah. he did, you know, he might be saying I didn't mean it, but if he did... That should be a long ban. And I yeah. and I, I, if I was Dennis Burkham, I'd have done a bit more than poke him in the eyes, it goes. And yeah. I'd have said to Vinnie Jones, death to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Vinnie would have killed that fella. He'd have killed yeah. him. Yeah. What about when we played Blackburn in the semi-final and Pers- Robbie Van Persie lost his two front teeth? And I remember it on the TV. Well, that's part of the game. What do you mean part of the game? The foul on Van Persie... <laughs> part that, of the foul on Van Persie came... One of the many fouls on Van Persie that day came after he'd taken a shot. He yeah. took a shot and, and he actually it went in, as most of his shots did that season. Yeah. And the lad, I can't remember if it was Todd or not. I don't want to say it was because I might be wrong. So let's say we don't know who it was. Oh, he's the voice of Just reason. smashed him. <laughs> smashed yeah. him with a shoulder in the face because he could, because he was off balance having taken a shot. The ball's gone. It's over. Yeah. Maybe it's what TA would call a free one. Maybe some, if there are any ex-players who ever listen to this, are just laughing their heads off at the idea that Arsenal were bullied, that Arsenal yeah. didn't dish it out and that couldn't handle themselves, that didn't leave a few. I mean, I know Danny Mills, for a start, has got a scar on his ankle, two studs from from uh, from Dennis. Yeah. No accident. I know Lee Bowyer was virtually knocked out by Dennis with an elbow. I know Patrick Vieira kicked plenty of people. That's all true. But I still, I cannot believe that we can talk about Arsenal and not that 2008 Mm. season. That was peak Arsenal. He built a side with kids with no money after Henri had left with a new stadium. He built that side with Cesc Fabregas, he had Thomas Rosicki, and, and he had Hleb and Flamini and Adibayor, Theo Walcott was there. Nasri? I think Nasri hadn't come yet, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and he built the side, and I will never forget it, being in the San Siro, um, in the away end, when we beat AC Milan 2-0, the first English team to beat AC Milan away. AC Milan were the reigning European champions, and they their fans gave us a standing ovation. And that side should have won the league in, in 08. Yeah. And it and I honestly think it was the foul on Eduardo yeah. that cost him. Yeah. We subsequently good. drew five games in a row when we needed someone to stick the ball in the net. Mm. Yeah. But also also during the film, though, you know, it mentions about the stadium being built and, you know, that Arsenal didn't have the money. But, you know, it, what it doesn't say is at the time of that, the board was saying, yeah, money's available, money's available, where it clearly wasn't and we were seeing all our best players go. That was something I would have liked to have seen come out. I don't, you know? th- th- that was interesting, him saying we were losing players at 25 yeah. rather than 30. Before yes. that, we were losing them. We'd sell Henri Vieira you know, to Barcelona. Yeah, when they were 29 years old. Yeah. We sold Fabregas when he was 24 or something. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. we sold Brady when he was 24. Yeah. Still. I mean, I, I, the, the, one of the, I cheered when uh, Vieira was talking about the horse face 
C word, um, <laughs> tackle that incident. Because, <laughs> I, yeah, I cheered very loudly uh, yeah. during that. I bless God, love him. Yeah, I love Patrick, and there's oh. so much footage of Patrick and and Patrick's contribution. Yeah, but it does it was immense. Come, but what comes across is how hard Wenger really did work. I mean, you see him coming out late night at Highbury. There's not a soul around. And he's probably the last person to leave the stadium. Yeah, it's a lovely shot, isn't there? He's on a mobile going, hello, David. Yes, I am just leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I imagine David Dean's going, Arsene, are you in bed yet? (laughs) It's 11 o'clock. I'm just leaving the stadium. He only needed a fox (laughs) to go behind him in the background. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I could sort of, the the milkman coming up the road going, you're up early. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Arsenal fans are always going to want detail of everything. You know, that that's the thing. You you look at the sort of how much all that footage would cost if you're making a film, and that's probably why you get more shots of the drone, you know, because it, they probably can't afford every bit. But I would have loved to have gone through, you know, that season in much more detail. Mm. But... It, you know, it has to be all. Sort it, of is what it is. It's, it uh, is there's what only it is, so much they can cover, isn't there? Of yeah. course, absolutely not. There's mention of Abramovich. There's shots of Abramovich. Yeah. Um, there's uh, in which he looks very shifty. And, yeah. Uh, but of course, absolutely no mention of of Mourinho. Even though they did mention uh, the the thousandth game and the and the six oh. nil defeat, and and there were there were times in it. And Wenger himself talked about maybe in two thousand and seven, he's he's delivered the stadium, he's won yeah. so much. There's so much there. The training ground, the stadium, it's all there for whoever comes. David Dean's gone. He's my friend. I maybe I should go now, and be Real Madrid manager, you know, for better or worse. And then they cuts to him announcing that he's agreed a, a three-year deal. And then after that, you kept thinking, maybe he should have gone then. Maybe he should have gone after the whole City Cup final. Maybe he should have gone after the Chelsea Cup final. They really skated over those three cup wins, by yeah, the way. They, yeah, yeah, did, yeah. And we, in about half a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And in the Q&A at our screen, and someone did say, why didn't you do more on those cup wins? Because yeah. the cut win over Chelsea with Per Mertesacker and, yeah. and old Bighorn and that whole victory against the champions, Antonio Conte, who yeah. knows, whose career has slipped so badly since <laughs> that he's now ended up at Tottenham Hotspur, the poor bastard. <laughs> Can I just yeah. say, I know they're crowing at the moment, but I'll give it six months and he'll be a white-haired raving maniac. <laughs> right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, it, it well just to, to go on to the, the managerial merry-go-round. Mm. I mean, it has it was one of the things that has has made things better for us over the last month, six weeks. Is that you know watching Tottenham and Man United really suffering while we show sign we show We're signs improving. of improving. Yeah, what's um, listen? The Cronkers hired Mikel Arteta, and he came into a a bit of a muddled up squad. There was still yeah. the Urzel thing going on. There were a lot of players on big money hanging hangovers from the Wenger era, never mind. Yeah. Um, you know, the seventy-two million pound winger who appears to have his eyes in the back of his head but not the front. I don't know what it is with him. <laughs> and all kinds of things. And then COVID. 
And they've decided this we want a young coach, we want the next big thing. This guy's impressive. We're going to hire him. The results have been catastrophic at times. The football's been awful. The home defeats were terrible. The eighth position, eighth position, it's not enough. And uh, we were like many fans, like, come on, this is ridiculous. But they backed him with a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And and we were saying the other day about George Graham that when he said in 1987 this team won't win the league this year when they were top after a 22-game unbeaten run and they did go on to win the League Cup. He said it will take three years. No one said, three years? You know, people said, ooh, win the league, you know. And he played all the young kids and he brought in a load of guys who were 23, 24, who first time at a massive club, who who were key, you know, and the similarities are there, you know, to be, you know, Ramsdale is Seaman, Tomiasu is Dixon, Tierney is Winterburn, and Gabrielle is perhaps, well, I don't hesitate to say anyone's Tony Adams, but, you know, you get my point that there are young guys being brought in who owe the manager their shirt, who are tough and strong and are up for it. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, it, and it's good to see. And it was interestingly, Cave, what did you think about this? Arsene gave a Q&A at the end of the screening we went to. Mikel Arteta was there in the, in the theatre. Yes, I was going to come. The beautiful Finsbury Park Picture House, oh. by the way, which is brand new and I didn't even know it was there. <laughs> Finsbury Park has changed, my friends. <laughs> uh, he's there with Edu. Edu was with a, a, a woman we presume to be his partner who went off at uh, the end of the film and got two massive popcorns and came back. That was our oh, that was her, was it? I, I know. <laughs> Well, she went and sat next to him. I don't know who she was. She had a big tattoo on her arm that I was trying to read. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was one of those song lyric ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was probably yeah. in Portuguese. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> there they were. And, uh, I mean, they, and they do look like the beautiful people. You know, Edu's a handsome man. There was footage of him scoring at Stamford Bridge in the Invincible season. Yeah. Arteta is a, is a good-looking guy. They're there in the middle of it. They're earning millions of pounds a year. And, and then Arsene, who comes from the village in France, comes from a village where... Alsace was occupied by the Germans, annexed, where the local population were recruited forcefully to fight on the German side, where the where Duttlenheim afterwards returned to France, then had to endure years of kind of communal reparations amongst one another from people who were in the resistance to people who were forced to fight for the Germans, who grew up in, as he put it, near silence. Yeah. Post-war years of, of austerity and... And Catholicism and and the person they despised most in the village was the lazy man. That's what he said, you know. Right. And I know he said he spoke when we when we interviewed him, he spoke about the sixties. We had it all, you know. Everyone had money, everyone had jobs. It was easy, but that was only in comparison to the life of austerity that he was born into in 1949. Uh, Ferguson alluded to it, talking about governing yeah. Glasgow and and when when when. Arsene Wenger said, Mikel has the opportunity, Mikel has the chance to take Arsenal back up there to the Champions League. He's looking at Mikel, Mikel's looking at him in the seats. Arsene is saying, you have the training ground, you have the stadium, you have the best, arguably the best run academy. You know, I know Manchester City's academy is out of this world, but, you know, an exceptionally good academy churning out young players. You have budget, money, Backing, 
you have it all, my friend. And I wish, I wish I was 38 years old and in your shoes. Well, well, <laughs> well, well when, when he said that, I said to you, didn't I? I said, he's thrown down a marker there, hasn't he? He has. Thrown, yeah. Because he's, it, as Alan said, it's like, you know, the Arsenal team, they've got it all. There's no reason why we shouldn't win the Premiership and it's all there for us. And the only way for Arsenal is should be going up. And it was all, it's almost like he just said to Artella, as Alan just said, you know, it's all yeah. there for he, you, mate. He Don't really was saying to him, you are, the lucky, you are the luckiest man alive. <laughs> but of course, what we all know is competing with Manchester City is like nothing that's ever happened yeah. before in football. Uh, it's mm. it's worse than it's worse than Chelsea. Once you, if you can compete with Manchester City's billions, you've got to deal with Abramovich. Now here come Newcastle, Newcastle yeah. who've appointed right, Eddie Howe, yeah. who we know is an excellent manager. Never mind the fact that Liverpool have got their own Alex Ferguson and Jurgen Klopp. If as long as he stays there, mm. they'll be challenging because he's exceptional. Yeah. Well, so this a, is a difficult market, but we are up to fifth from bottom, from being an absolute joke of a shambles. We were the butt of everyone's jokes. Every supporter in the stadium was going, this has got to stop. We are shit. <laughs> to suddenly, oh, hang on, clean sheets, couple of goals, few new players. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. What is it? It's back on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, I did have a, a brief word with uh, with uh, Mikel as we was going down the stairs. Oh, yeah. did you? I just said, uh, "Good win, Sunday. Nice to see us play with some bollocks again." And did you? <laughs> did you really? Yes, I did say that. Oh, I didn't have the nerve to say anything to him. Oh, and- I passed him on the stairs, and I wanted to say to him, "Fuck Liverpool, right <laughs> up, my friend." <laughs> when I, but I didn't have the nerve. When I told Stoney, he said, "You didn't say that, did you?" I said. He is a footballer. I think he's heard the word bollocks before. He's not a, he's not a social worker from Islington, you know. He's the Arsenal. Although he must feel like it sometimes <laughs> yeah, when yeah. he's in that dressing room. <laughs> but his hair is really black. I mean, it's like the blackest hair you have ever seen. I've seen black hair every time, I've, you know, but this was black. I mean, like... Black holes don't are not like that black. God, black. <laughs> it's like one of the cores. God. Did he, did, yeah. <laughs> did he smell good? I didn't get that close. No. <laughs> I'm no, sure no he's got a good mask. No one inhaled. No. Near him. But, uh, right. it's not but he was there. He, he was there. He was yes, there. he was there. You're there, dude. Good. And I hope he he's making there, notes. In attendance. There's been a lot of talk about Arsene not coming back to Arsenal, but it would be wrong to suggest that it's anything, I think, to do with Arteta and Edu, judging by their attendance last night. Yeah. You know, well, and they kept they a low profile. They didn't go on stage. They didn't speak. They didn't ask questions yeah. or they, you know. Mm. I'll tell you what did come out that was interesting uh, in the film, that the players said, we fought for the manager because he would do everything for us. He would back us. He would defend us. And he was always there for us. And that that's where I hope Mick, I was making a few notes because we won't have any more of that Aubameyang thing and when he was late and not any of that nonsense anymore. Yeah. Keep it yeah. in house. But all those players said we would do everything for the manager because he would do I that. I think for that's us. right. I think you're absolutely right, Keeve. I think that is I mean, listen, any manager, any football manager in the world could sit and listen to Arsene Wenger and learn a lot. And and Mikel is an intelligent man. Yeah. Would do would do well to listen uh, the way the way. Interestingly, I haven't heard him say it before. I've heard other players say, "Oh, he's like your, he's my father. He was so well, good to me." But yeah. Petit really came out. Petit really did come out. Yeah. 
Yeah. And declare just openly, just declared love for Wenger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and you look at Batiste sometimes and you think, what happened to this guy? How did he end up like this? This is yeah. a troubled man, but what an athlete and what a footballer. Yeah. I, um, the, the, I mean, I, I got... Rather predictably, I got very emotional watching the film. Uh, uh, but one of the things out of all of this was that really got me was the picture of Sesk at the Palladium thing, and Arson has his arm round Sesk. Ah. Mm. Have you seen that picture? No, I, seen I that. will be your father figure. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Sess was a terrible, yeah. terrible loss. That's why 2008 hurts so mm. much because yeah. that, that was, I mean, I imagine if you're an Ajax supporter, oh, that, that, that awful defeat to, to Pochettino's Tottenham from yeah. two up, uh, knowing that you're not going to see De Jong and De Ligt and um, whatever the fella is who went to Chelsea, you know, a whole <laughs> load of them left, yeah. didn't they? Well, it's happened they to them twice because they made the Europa League final, which they got beat by Mourinho's Man United, and they lost a load of players through that. And then they yeah. reinvent themselves again, and then they lose more players. It's, it, it is heartbreaking for them. Yeah. I, I feel like the dream is to be the club, the English Ajax, and I feel as though, honestly, with extreme bias, but... The way things are developing, we keep hearing about Hutchinson and Aziz and Patino. We've seen Smith Rowe and Maitland Niles and and um, I know and Bukai Saka, of course. And I know Willock's left, but I mean, I hope he has a good time under Eddie Howe. I'm sure he will. But there, there are lots of boys coming through with immense talent. Not many defenders, but we've just bought 150 million quid's worth of defenders, so we're fine. Well, do you know <laughs> what? Miriam and I would Jamana. take uh, a good Arsenal young team winning a League Cup and FA Cup and who knows a Europa League over oil, mafia, drug money and all the human rights <laughs> issues that all the others with all their wealth. Yeah. I will take... I'm Listen, that guy's not innocent who owns the club, but I'll take... A, we're a little bit more honest. So I'll take, you know, a refreshing team like the Arsenal rather than... Well, I feel like... It. I feel like the, the away fans at Leicester, I just... I'm up for these lads, you know. we. I know we've been saying it for a couple of podcasts now and... But I'm up for these lads. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I I want them to do well. I like the keeper. I like Saka. I love Death Row. As you, we've loved him for years, and you yeah. know how I feel about the Conservative. I mean, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but I want them all at Arsenal, yeah. and I want them all part of it. And and you know, long may it continue. We've got a massive game coming up at Anfield. And we've had some shocking hammerings up there. Yeah. But if they can go up there and and Get show Liverpool. Yeah. Maybe El Nenny, little <laughs> training incident while he's oh, with Salah, <laughs> perhaps just, you know. Just, you know opportunity there. No. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, he's fallen down the stairs. <laughs> sorry, man. He's out for two yeah. weeks. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that. Yeah, but oh. yeah. yeah you are. I'm not. Yeah. I'll take a nil-nil, but. Uh, of course, oh, bite your hand off for a nil-nil. If nil-nil at Brighton is a good result, nil-nil at Anfield is our bloody dream, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. Oh, if we was to win, uh, get a win well, up I, there, I one mean, nil. Win. But they have just lost to West Ham. Yeah. They've just drawn with Brighton. Yeah. You know we're we're in good form. So come it's on, doable. let's have yeah. a go. Yeah, it's let's very doable. Go. You know. Yeah. As uh, just as long as we're not, I'll take as long as we're not humiliated. No. Yeah. No, we don't want that. 
don't think we will no. be humiliated. Well, no, I don't. But, but yeah, I, but yeah, I would like to think we're we can deal with things a little bit better. And uh, and 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 lastly, uh, gents, before we knock this on the head, Emil Smith Rowe's been picked by uh, yes. Gareth the waistcoat Southgate. Mm. He's in the he's in the squad. Yes, against um, who is it? Albania. And, Albania. The new force of European football. Yeah. The thing I liked about it was he ran downstairs to tell his mum. Ah. <laughs> That's a kind of honest. They're just absolute bloody. They're just children. They're so young. They're so young. It's ridiculous. Mum, I just got. (laughs) Been playing for England. That's why they weren't at the film last night because it did say, uh, uh, you know, parents advisory things. Do you know what it said? Do you know what it said? Sometimes, you know, sometimes it says language is my favourite. This film contains language. Uh, but also violence or drug use or whatever. All it said for this film was rude gestures. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> listener, there are many rude gestures in the film. <laughs> many. All right, lads, I'll see you after the international break. Okay, mate. All the best. Ta-da. Bye. Bye.